I'll tell you what, he's got a lot more in his neck than I think a lot of people realize. Yeah, right, so he's a right. great competitor. I mean, I think yeah. we've seen that throughout the playoffs. You know, you look at how excited he got in Tampa and talking about stealing people's souls. And, you know, I think, you know, he's got such a great, even keeled demeanor when he's talking to the media. Oh, yeah, mofos. That's right. It's What the Fuck Happened Wednesday. And I got a lot of shit in my neck that I need to get out there into the public, okay? That's right. Pauly Burmeister's here. What's up, man? Good, Good to see you. you. It's been a while. I know. He's cheating on his Olympic coverage right now it's with true. a blonde football analyst. It's, uh, but it's, it's probably okay. a good change-up. You're you probably ready. You accepted girlfriend outside of the Olympic uh, coverage, if Thank if you can say that. Thanks a lot. One more Nordic combined event to go. Okay. Tomorrow One more morning. to go. And yeah. then are you done with your Olympic duties yes. after that? Okay, yeah. so you did it. You made it. Almost there. Been living like a vampire for yeah. the last two weeks. Like, what are the yeah. hours we're talking right now so, for your so life? tomorrow we're on the air at 3 a.m. live. Right. So we'll huddle up here at about 1, one fifteen. So once you get here... It's like it feels somewhat normal. Yeah, right. It's the setting the alarm for for twelve fifteen and like going to bed at six. That's the weird part. Did you do this this night? Did you do it last night? Were you up last night? No. Yes, no. it was an off day. Okay, good. We, we I would have felt bad. I was like, damn, no. you. They made you come into the podcast no, no, no. after doing the. It, it actually worked out pretty well. I still would have been like, fuck you, get here. But <laughs> I would have felt bad. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been okay. The Summer Olympics are a lot more. Um, there's a lot more going on every single day. And right. Like, winter has been a little bit more like. There's an off day. You can catch there. your breath here yeah. and there. Yeah, yeah, right. We got the Super Bowl on there, so yeah, it's been all good. All right, cool. I know I'm like I'm a little off with the Olympics this year, just because of course I was out of the Super Bowl yeah. week, busy week out there, a lot of fun. Well, L.A. Thirteen days. Thirteen days. Yeah. I was out there. It was a lot of fun. Best thing outside you know? of football. Best thing outside of football. Well, gosh, the stadium was amazing. Yeah, it looks like. All right, so that's hard to argue with, it, just as far as that's concerned. Um, the the weather, yeah. uh, and I, you know, the weed's legal. I was yeah. literally sitting outside of hotels or restaurants going, wait, I'm just smoking in front of the, the hotel or the restaurant here, and wake it's and legal. Did you do it in the morning? No, I don't, I'm not a wake and bake guy. Yeah. I'm not. And especially when I have work. Like, I can't be high in work. It yeah. doesn't work for me. Dinner time. No, so as soon as my day's over, yeah. right, and I go, okay, whatever, dinner time, that's when I did it. I had no family out there for a number of days. They came out, Ooh. so yeah. yeah. So I was uh, lots of daddy cigars, certainly. Uh, that was the best part. It, yeah. it felt weird, though. It feels weird in a place where you're legal yeah like i went to some high-end like you know beverly hills hollywood restaurants with some friends that i'm that i like early in the week yeah and sitting outside of the the restaurant smoking a daddy cigar you're like yeah. you, you still look over your shoulder like wait yeah. should i do this but it's okay yeah my california friends are always like dude nobody it's cares right. relax yeah yeah, yeah. I, I thought <laughs> you were living the life super bowl sunday on the on the santa monica pier pretty damn cool living the life uh, to a higher degree no pun intended, <laughs> leading yes. up to Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. that was a higher well life. Done. Super Bowl Sunday was really cool, though. To start off on the pier in yeah. Santa Monica, yep. you know, with with my best buddy, Maria Taylor. And then, you know, not only to talk the game, my L.A. Super Bowl life started, you know, in L.A., I should say. My dad won his Super Bowl when, right. in L.A., yeah. Pasadena. Two out of 25. So, yeah, yeah, so to be there 35 years later cool. and covering it was very cool for me. Yeah. Got to do a segment with – you know, the Bella twins and Terry Crews, Nikki Bella and okay. Terry Crews, like yep. movie Hollywood stars. That was cool. She even Nikki Bella let me be in one of her TikTok. Uh, you doing it like di the Diplo challenge or whatever. Something like challenge. Diplo challenge. Right. That? Be careful. You don't want to.
to blow out a hip or I anything. Know, You're I 50. Know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I did. I was worried about it. I don't know. Look at Nikki Bella's TikTok. Okay. We could look at it later. You okay. Like a prop, or you actually like did something? I know. We actually did. Like you dip below. Like you act like you're in a conversation, and all of a sudden it's just like what? And you turn around, and everybody dips. I saw. I saw right? uh, Johnny and Tara doing this. So this yeah, is yeah. this is a thing. Okay. On TikTok, I, I knew about it a little bit, but they were making it, and I was like, okay, sure. I mean, what? You're I'm just. I'm not going to say no to Nikki Bella and Terry Crews. I'm. Would. I'm yeah. in. <laughs> Let's do it. Well, I've seen the game five yeah, times. Right. So. I'm ready to hang you out. Ready to go. Chat ball Let's talk you. some ball. Let's get right to it. We're getting right into football. Right. I was saving maybe. We're not saving the best for last. Right. Week, okay. This is from at Wolfman182. What up? Did you get to share Daddy's cigar with Snoop? Damn no. Damn Why? no. Why? Damn no. I wish I never got to see Snoop. I never got to see Snoop. That hurt me. Yeah. You know, and especially when I saw, you know, I see the little video of him taking some puffs before the halftime show. Like, and first off, all the loser nerds in the world that are trying to make a big deal about that. Like, first off, it's legal once again. Second off, like, fuck off. In this world, this is what you're worried about. I can name 500,000 things that were worse this year that happened that people don't get and, like, don't care about. But that's what they were going to be worried about. I mean, come on. Get the hell out of here. It was interesting. Even in the stadium in the pregame, you could smell weed around. You definitely could. Uh, But, yeah, I wish I would have cut it. I did – I do feel like Snoop knows me, not Mm -hmm. only because of the Peacock show this year where he was involved. But I did hook up Snoop with some weed once. How so? Back in the day, right? So I didn't intend to go down this wormhole here. But, yeah. So I was living, I had just retired. I picture him as a guy who needs a hookup. Well, sometimes when you leave the state of California, you got to know some people. So this is where it went. So I was in Tennessee. I, I was my first year out of football. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my good friends in Nashville was Pac-Man Jones' oh, like yeah. best buddy, right? Lil Chris is what we called him. So, I, you know, I'm Big Chris. That's Lil Chris. <laughs> Lil Chris is my man. He would come over, you know, on the weekends. We'd watch college football, smoke some weed, whatever. That's what we did together. Right. But, you know, of course, Pac-Man Jones is, he's, you know, a legend, mm-hmm. you know, knows a lot of people in the hip-hop world, whatever. Knows all those type of people. And I guess Snoop was in, in at the time, Knoxville, Tennessee, right? And he didn't, couldn't find any. So they, they called this little Chris, and I knew a few people in Nashville and in Knoxville that I could get it done and got it delivered for Snoop, free of charge. You hooked up Snoop with I weed. hooked up Snoop with weed. That is a mic right? drop weed Boom. kind of situation. Hey, you t- tune early. in next year to Kristen's Unbutton. I'm out of here. <laughs> he, yes. He used to come to NFL Network. He, he, he grew up with Willie right. McGinnis, who I used to work with. Yeah, him. right, right. And Snoop would come in, and, like, you knew he was there because you could because You could, could smell, smell it. it, right. Yeah. But he, he knew everybody. He watches all things He loves football, football, and he, he loves knew football. All of us, and yeah. all of us were like, whoa, he yeah. knows who I am? Right. But he's, he's way into it. He is. He's a real, real fan. And, of course, he does great things with the Youth Football League there in, in Southern California and those kids. I mean, he's, so Snoop's a pretty freaking cool dude. You say what you want. Well, that might be the best story <laughs> yeah. of, of the entire – Well, Super Bowl is better. we got more stories. Football opinions to come. Yeah. Uh, so, as for the actual game, let's begin with Rams offense uh, rolling early. Um, OBJ was a big part of what they were doing at Diego three three one zero one nine two four. Lots of numbers. How close would the game have been if Odell stayed healthy? Love the pod. Would like to see more film breakdown. It's a good question because when Odell was in the game, they they they, they were rolling thirteen three thirteen three. Right, it got into thirteen ten. Mm-hmm. You know, they had the ball again and were kind of moving. Uh, on the drive where he gets hurt, yeah, right. You know, convert a third and nine, I believe, the play after he got hurt. Um, 
you know, again, I, it's hard to tell. But what I would say with Odell on the field, it posed real problems for the Cincinnati Bengals football what team. What were they able to do post-Odell right. injury that they weren't able to do before? I think the big thing is where they got emboldened to go, wait, now all we got to worry about is Cooper Cup. Yeah. And there's no real game breaker on the other side of the football field. So it, it emboldened them to play a little bit more aggressive man-to-man coverages. I think that would be the one thing that jumps out to me more than anything. Right. Right. I mean, really, you go through the, I go through the second half and I go, man, almost on all plays where the Bengals played man-to-man in the second half or post-Odell, they won it. The zone plays, the Rams won. Yeah. And that's something I think that, like, looking back at the game where I go, and we'll break some of it down, where I think Lou Anarumo, defensive coordinator for the Bengals, I got a ton of respect for, great job. I would bet you that's one where he watches the film back and goes, man, yeah. I wish I would have played a little bit more man-to-man, especially on that last drive. Uh, because, you know, again, the – where Odell is special for that offense, first off, it's hard to play man-to-man mm-hmm. because he's a game-breaker, yeah. just like we saw early in the game. Two catches, 52 yards. Let's it was man-to-man. Let's do it. Right. So th- this is the touchdown, and he's lined up. There are uh, three receivers to the right of Stafford, ball in the left hash, and Odell is the inside. He's a slot guy at this trip. Slot guy. Mike Hilton's on him. Mike Hilton is an awesome nickel corner. Awesome. He is. This is a tough spot to be in. And now on this play here, what I want everybody to peep, too, is the two defensive ends drop out. So there's going to be – it's man across the board, but you're going to have two free defensive ends kind of hovering in the middle there, as you see, right around the hashes, right? And right here, the first thing – and if Matt, you could rewind it just a little bit again to go back – is why the, the first thing I would say, man-to-man, tough job for Hilton. But the second thing is, with the call itself and him knowing that that defense end, Hendrickson and, and Hubbard, are going to drop out there, you don't need to play the aggressive inside fake so hard. That's where maybe Mike Hilton messes up here either way. But you're on an island on a third receiver of the slot, and he's got all that room, and it's Odell Beckham Jr. who runs 4-3. I don't care who you are. That's a really tough position. And that was some of the problems here. You know, they want to take – they're playing man because they're going, man, let's, let's just try to take away some system play here from the, from the Rams so McVay doesn't come up with some play that just carves up our zone defense. So they're going to play man and make them make a throw or do something and have two extra guys in the middle to protect. But they call the right play. They know it's man. This play was specifically called for this coverage. We've seen them do that before this year. Yep. They did it in the 49ers game. I believe they ran the same similar play in the Cardinals game. A little bit more from a bunch set where it's different. This is a true empty trips right here. But right here, once Odell kind of gets even as he goes vertical, it's over. And he creates just enough space to where, you know, Matt Stafford can put it out there. And Odell's hands in these situations, they're as tough and as strong as any hands in the history of football. And he rips it out of the air to get the touchdown. Here's my question right. about this. Right. I know you said Hilton's a good player. Yeah. I know he is as well. Yeah. But at this point of the season, this route is not a surprise. Yeah. Trips, the outside two right. guys run some kind of in-cutting to sure. To- Cleared out there. Sure. They basically run a fade with a lot of field to work with. Right. So about 10 yards into this, how come something doesn't click in his head where he says, okay, he's not running a comeback here. He's running this, this basic yeah. fade. Right, though. right. Why don't they get their head around? Well, because they're a team that plays the old opposite way we talk about. They don't play the ball. They like to play the receiver and knock it out of the hands that Austin way. See? At the end of the game, too. That's it, it, part of what they do, and not all teams teach it that way. So it's a tough spot to be in, like we talked about. You're right. This is a play, and the Rams, like to your point, have done this a lot. Yeah. But the big thing is I think they hit it with a little bit of the formation use, and then, like I said, Mike Hilton didn't need to go from the Odell inside fake knowing, hey, I got a guy in there that – 
I don't have to be all over in case he runs a slant route. I'll have yeah. a little bit of a leeway because somebody will be there to protect so I can get back into play. You know, he let him get that outside release, and then that was tough sledding from that point on. As but it, it, it emphasizes the point again of here when Odell, what, what, where McVay is special is he, he more times than not dials up the play in the scheme for cup and then makes Odell the second guy in the read where not if it's zone, sure, Odell's smart and he knows where to sit in the zone or run the route the right way. Yeah. But if it's man and some sort of bracket coverage on cup within the scheme on the front side, then he goes, well, then Odell, our number two read, is going to be man-to-man, and we like him man-to-man against anybody on the planet. Right. And that was taken away from them to where, oh, no, we got that issue, and now – Okay, the Bengals said, "Whoa, well, we're not so we'll double Cooper Cup, and we're not so scared about yeah. the other guy, and we'll right. get all over him." And what the Rams tried to do a little bit to to turn that is they tried to put Squarnick in Cooper Cup's position and make Cooper Cup Odell a little bit, mm. which the one of the last big catches on the last drive is really he's kind of playing the Odell position. But I think they were thinking, like, let's let the play get Squarnick open, yeah. and Cooper, you got to get open a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, of course, it worked out really well for Cooper Cup still. It wasn't very yeah. long that he was in the game. No. There's another key play that yeah. touched down to Cooper Cup. Where right. Odell was playing a part as well. Sure. Let's take a look at that. So this is first quarter. This yep. is a second quarter touchdown here to Cup. Yeah, first quarter, and it's going to be a they – ran a, they ran the ball the play before, and they ran a play – where Stafford and the running back are going to run the same exact action as the play before. Mm-hmm. So the Bengals have just seen it. It's fresh in their mind, and here they are play again, yeah. and they're seeing the quarterback and the blocking and the line and the running back all go in a direction going, wait, we just saw this. Right. So they react a little hard. What I want to tell everybody here first off is, you know, this is a tough play. This is great play design. I know everybody in the world wants to jump on Eli Apple right now. I get that. And it looks like Eli Apple gets burned here. But what I would tell you is he's in a really tough situation situation first off and we can rewind it just back to the snap a little bit Matt you know first off within this run game and how this looks they run the ball out of these sets a lot and Cooper Cup blocks down and you can see on here it looks like like pause it right there just as he kind of comes off the line of scrimmage looking like he's going to block this isn't you know? as much as it's a safety no it's 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 a safety I don't know if this is quarters or a cover three look I think it's a quarters really but Bates is being aggressive because he's allowed to in quarters but here's the problem is Hilton is responsible um, for the gap in between the tight end and Cooper Cup. Eli Apple is going to be responsible for the gap outside of Cooper Cup. So he has a run effect here. See, and so he was worried about, wait, Cooper Cup, I've seen this on film. He blocks down, and they run the inside zone cutback, and my guy could end up, the running back can come back out to my lane. i got to be the edge setter a little bit. So they make it look like a play they run quite often. And then within that, when he sees Cooper Cup release inside, oh, I think he's blocking in the run game, and he sees the run action fake, watch Eli Apple on the top right of the screen. See, he's watching run action fake. He knows he's got that outside gap. He's worried right now that Cooper Cup's going to block Hilton down, and there'll be nobody there for the cutback lane. Does that make sense to everybody? Right? Look at the right side. The way it looks right now, it looks like if Henderson catches the ball and gets 
the ball up to the handoff and runs right, that he's going to have an alley cut back lane to the right, right? So Eli Apple just let the tape roll a little bit. You could see he's a little too caught up, and now he realizes, oh, shit, Cooper Cup didn't block. He continued downfield and got behind me. So what I want to say is that was the perfect play call right. for that defense. Yeah. And sometimes that happens. Stop everybody looking for a scapegoat to blame one person. You know, it's actually it, the same exact coverage when the Rams let up the Joe Mixon halfback pass touchdown. Yep. It's the same thing. There's a corner responsible for the outside gap. Yeah. So he's coming down going, where Joe Mixon's running out here. I got to let him respect that. And then a guy goes inside and sneaks out behind him. Right. Tough play. Great play call by McVay. Great throw by Stafford. And one other thing. Hey, can we rewind this? I want everybody to watch OBJ on the backside. See, to me, this is why OBJ is awesome. Watch OBJ realize he's covered and point to Cooper Cup to be like, hey, throw it to him. Don't look at me. Watch this right now. Watch it right after this right here. He's going to start pointing to Stafford, pointing. See the left arms in the air there? He's pointing. Let it go. He's pointing like throw it to him. He's open. And then they do their little shimmy. I just wanted to give Odell some respect uh, because he's not the jerk people have tried to say he is. And that team loves him, and I feel bad for him that he tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, awful moment. Thinking about the word respect in that play right there, clearly the Bengals had a lot of respect for him because there were two safeties that were in his area. At least one of them sure. could have been bailing out to help on yeah, Cup. Yeah, Because Apple looked like he was chasing him, like it was his man. It wasn't. To me, one of those two safeties could have been back there easier than probably. Apple. Yeah, if they were both concerned the, the with crossing OBJ, route. Right, it probably wouldn't have been as concerned if it was Skoranekly. Probably in the game. not. No, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I think between yes, the players on the field giving some bright lights to go to that guy, yeah. the play call. We just saw this play. Wait, we've seen this play on film seven hundred times, and they cut it back, and people get killed. I think all of that, and that's where again, it's it's not always about one guy. That would be if you could literally dial up a play to go, there's a play, who can we screw over? It would be that guy you would screw over and go, oh, I got to play for it. It was it was a good design by McVay and company. As the dust settles from the game yeah. and everybody's kind of pouring through what mattered, what didn't matter, a lot of talk about the fact that the Rams couldn't run the ball right. at all. Alan Chris talked about it during the broadcast quite yep. a bit, I thought, too. They only had 43 total rushing yards. This question from Thomas Spena. What was the Bengals' defense doing so well to stop the Rams' run game beyond having two studs in the middle? Yeah, what up, Tomas? That's my man there. Um, so, first off, he's right. They got two studs in the middle. Yep. That helps them out. Here was the big thing I would tell you that happened in the run game. The Bengals changed the way they aligned on the defensive front. Let's see. Okay? And there was a lot of this. Now, the Rams are famous for their zone blocking scheme. And, you know, they want to... You know, more times than not, and I'm just going to even get to disconnect here so I, oh, I, I can't step away. I need the yeah, microphone. I forgot. <laughs> more time, you know, they want to run zone scheme, and they want to run it to explain it here just before we, we show. Like, if they wanted to run the zone play to the right, they want to run 63, you know, reach the defensive tackle on the right, and then kind of get up to the second level and have the center now take over the block that 63 was on and so on down the line. Where the Bengals did a lot through this game is they played their defensive tackles head up on the guards a little bit. So usually in a four down front you have a nose, right, a shade nose who's – 
right on the center, sure. on the edge of him, right, on yeah. one of his shoulders either way, and then you have a three technique. What they did in this game is sometimes they played double three technique, so you don't really have a bubble like an uncovered lineman other than the center. That messes up with the zone schemes. Or like in this play right here, look at the left defensive tackle. Instead of being a shade nose, he's really in what we would call a two-eye. He's on the inside edge of the left guard which it, it makes it hard on the inside zone schemes. And a lot of the times with these two beasts in the middle, they also just said, and this is not something they always do there, where they just said, you guys two-gap it. Two-gap it and hold those guards up. Don't let them move down the line to block the next guy, get to the second level. And it really fucked with the Rams' ability to run the ball all day. So not only was it you know, the physicality of the Bengals up front, but their changing of just little subtle alignment changes that give this type of run scheme issues. And it has in the past, but, you know, I'm sure the Rams saw this and said, we haven't seen this on film all year. Right. So, you know, they probably weren't expecting it, and they really never had an answer or another scheme to go to off of this. But that would be my biggest takeaway of why the run game added to we always we talk about linebackers shooting their gun, right? Yeah. You know, where, hey, linebacker, don't just shuffle down the line of scrimmage and stay in your gap. If you see something open and the gap and there's a hole, run through the gap because I, nine times out of ten, the running back's going to be running through that hole. So right. the linebackers played very aggressive to shoot gaps as well instead of just going, wait, I'm going to shuffle sideline to sideline and stay in my gap because we know the Rams are masters at cutbacks or setting people up that way. And they just said, nah, we'll clog up the hole. A couple of numbers post game when you really get right. into what happened. Make you say, well, how did the Rams win? They lost a turnover battle, right. first of all, which is interesting. Right. Uh, and back to this run game, they averaged less than two yards per carry. First team to win a Super Bowl to average less than two yards per carry. Well, yeah, I, so it's amazing. It, yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's it's congrats to the Bengals defense right. uh, for playing it so well. What what I see though is that they never really abandoned it though. No, and that helped them even though they weren't having success with it. I think Akers and Henderson had 17 carries between the two attempts. So, right, we've talked about exactly. them. Attempts are just as important as the yards. Sometimes you just showed the play right. action that they, they had the run before. Right. I know that had to help a little bit. Sure. Loosening up. And uh, I, I, I'm just impressed that they didn't have Stafford throw it 54 times. Yeah, right. When they weren't having a lot of success with it. They still found a home for it within the moderate success they yeah, had. Yeah, found moderate success for it. Stay patient with it. Don't let the defense just play pass every play. Yeah. You know, helps your pass rush. Big picture of the game. Your defense is kicking ass. There's no point to throw and take them with any chances. Strip sack, fumble, tip ball, interception, any of that. So McVay played it the right way, you know. And, you know, again, I never even, like, with the Odell, I never answered the Odell what they, like, I think everything we just talked about. Yeah. Less than three yards per carry. Less two, two turnovers. Yeah. Right, less than two. Two turnovers. Right. Third, you know, tight end gets hurt. We're on a third string tight end. Odell gets hurt. We're on a bunch of guys we don't know at receiver. I mean, we, we can't run the ball. You know, all those, again, to me, a lot of this is the Odell effect, too. It really is. This is a team that's predicated on stars. They're not deep. They're predicated on their big guys being big in these type of games. It changed the game completely. I am one to sit here that the stat lines that we just said, yeah. I think, prove that the Rams are no question in my mind were the better team on the field. There's no question. And then I also go, uh, and I, I don't want to sound like a Bengal hater because I respect them, but I do think if Odell stayed in the game, it was going to pose problems for the Bengals. So I don't see them way. slowing yeah. them down too much in this football game if he stays on the field. I really think in my heart of hearts, and again, I know I'm not right about everything, I go Rams win by 10. 
if, if Odell plays in the game. I really feel that they, way. Maybe they were fourteen. Up by 10. Yeah, they were I mean, it was 13-3. I, so. I, no yeah. I know doubt about it. You know, So uh, that's just my thoughts. I don't know if that's right. That's just you know a projection. Uh, but certainly was a way more dangerous offense and posed a lot more problems to the Bengals when OBJ was in the game. I also want to point out, yeah. as long as we're talking about the Rams running, right. game, take a step beyond that and stay with the running backs. And Henderson had three catches, two of them for first downs, for big first downs. You compare that to Mixon, he had one receiving yard. Right. And you're like, okay, how much does that matter? In a game where it's a one-score game, where the under is the good bet, all these little things matter. And the Rams running backs found a way to contribute Definitely. to this tight win right. much more than the Bengals running backs did. I, I would agree. You know, Mixon had a smattering of runs and the, and the, the toss, right? But it, you're right. It may be not as many game-changing plays where Henderson had two big, thir big catches. Yes. The one you talked yep. about, the fake to him, and then he yep. ran up the sideline. Yep. That was what? The play after Odell just caught a long crosser, Correct. right? Yes. So he had that play in a man-to-man -man coverage once again, open across the middle, 35-yard gain or whatever it was. So you got that. Then they hit the play action to Henderson where, you know, they tried to basically, you know, like, hey, we're faking to him. We're looking downfield and yeah. hope nobody, they would forget about him. Right. Hendrickson did a pretty good job of yes, staying with them. He made a great throw, Stafford, mm -hmm. and Henderson made a great catch. And then there was a third down in the third quarter. And it was, he, yeah. he was in the slot, that exact same route that we saw. Exactly. It was just a slot fade. It was the wide fade to, uh, to a running back. Wide fade, which, you know, again, is too. a risky, right, it's a risky throw. I, I'm not going to lie. Is, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not always like, oh, third and long, I want to throw to my running back. That's not something a lot of quarterbacks would want to do. And he had faith in Darrell Henderson. It was one of the few plays in the second half that the Rams won in man-to-man -man coverage. Mm. You know, you got Logan Wilson matched up against Henderson. Henderson did a good job, and Stafford threw him a great ball. But uh, I think those points are real. There's no doubt. And Henderson's, you know, Henderson, the Akers eight-yard run at the very end of the game to yeah. get them down to, like, yes. the eight-yard line, those were some big plays in the game by the Rams running backs. So for everybody who didn't have you, – if you weren't pulling for one team over the other, you just wanted to see an awesome game. Right. The perfect setup at the end. Stafford gets the ball back, needs right. a touchdown to win. They have the ball around midfield. Who's he looked to? Of course, Cooper Cup. Yeah. So let, let's focus on that Stafford to Cup connection there late in the game. First question from at Charlie Jammies 14. Are there plays when Stafford just decides, I'm going to throw it to Cup no matter what? And what makes Cup great is that he gets open every time. Cup's amazing. Yeah. Right. I don't think Cup should have been the MVP. I will say that. I've no. said that already. Aaron Donald should have been the MVP. My second vote would have gone to Matthew Stafford over Cooper Cup. I'm sorry. Cooper, Matthew Stafford's game with no running game, a third-string tight end, Odell Beckham Jr. gets hurt. We'll get to that. And I know. And, yeah. and some of the throws. I, I, but, yes, what makes Cooper Cup amazing is, you know, something I talked about on the pregame show. First off, if you saw the human of Cooper Cup, you'd go, oh, fuck. I didn't expect him to look like this. You know, I think most people think this is Julian Edelman or Wes yeah, Welker. Big dude. He's six two and a half. He's 210 pounds, and he doesn't really even have to, like, lift weights or work out because he'll get big. So he's dudes. gifted yeah. muscularly, right? Yeah. He's, he's wired that way. You know, everybody, when we were there the week before, Rodney Harrison, Maria, to everybody, one of the first things everybody said is, I didn't realize Cooper Cup was that big. Yeah. Right? So he's big. He's incredibly quick. He's got all the jitterbug that an Edelman or Wes Welker has, except he's a much bigger human being. And then he has more vertical speed, right? You know, he's not like a blazer to where you go, oh, my gosh, I'm shaking in my boots. But plenty of speed to where you go, you play him man-to-man -man or bump too many times, he can run by you and make some plays. Now, where I think, again, the Bengals messed up is 
they didn't play man-to-man as much. I would have said, let me see Cooper Cup try to run by me for a 60-yard go route or something. Mm-hmm. You know, Or I'm going to double Cooper Cup and let me see Skornick or somebody else beat us to win the game. Right. And when they did that, it was successful for the most part. Yeah. But at the end of the game, they got it a little into we're up by four. I'm, you know, It's tough. I don't blame anybody because it's tough. You go, wait, I don't want to play man-to-man, and the guy trips and falls, or you know, they throw our guy to the ground like T. Higgins did to Jalen Ramsey, and we get a touchdown, and all of a sudden we're losing just because I played man-to-man. Yeah. That's where it's tough, I know. But I've, I'm more like probably like you. I'm going, yeah, but it worked every time we called it in the second half. Right. So let's just go down with it. Yeah, and it also worked. It made me think two weeks ago in the AFC title game, there were times where Kansas City was moving and they needed to get the ball to Hill, and they kept doubling him. Right. They took him away right. time after time. Yes. So I'm with you. I mean, I know it's risky. But, I mean, I, I would have liked to have seen them do that. I would have, too. Well. I would have gone down swinging with that just because it worked so successful. Yes. And I'd go, wait, did, right. you know, we're going to stop Cup and make one of these guys that I don't make even know their names beat us, right? Okay. Yeah. Play of the game. Play of the game. Unbelievable throw Play by Play of here. the game. Ball at midfield. It's the deep in route on the game-winning drive that, that eventually led to the game-winning touchdown. Right. So, you know, they got Skwarnik and Van Jefferson to the left. And just pause it right here, Matt, just for a second. They ran this play earlier in the third quarter where number 88 that's hopkins right i mean i'm not even ready for his damn name because he's a third string tight end hopkins basically gonna run like six yards and turn around and then they run uh a receiver behind him on the in cut right they're high lowing the coverage and and the first time they ran this play you know coverage stayed back and Stafford hit Hopkins, and you might even remember, Hopkins, like, bobbled the ball and then, like, ran like a crab through, like, a bunch of people covering the ball with two hands. So they've run it already, and Hopkins got the ball. So here they come back to it, and Matthew Stafford makes this play. I want you to watch Von Von Bell, number 24 in the middle of your screen, because Stafford is going to stare down 88 Hopkins and make Von Bell move just enough to where he could throw the unbelievable no-look throw. Look at his eyes. He's staring at 88. Stafford's been doing no-look throws for a long time. He just hasn't been on a a team for everybody to go, wow, this guy can throw no-look throws. He's been doing it since Mahomes did it. He has. He's done it more times than Mahomes has done it and at a higher success rate. But see here, look what he got Von Bell to do. He got Von Bell to take about three steps to 88 Hopkins, and now here goes the throw, no look, look at Von Bell, and he misses the ball by inches. Yeah. And, you know, again, I know this is – hey, this this – I'm not saying this is bad by Cooper Cup, but I'm more amazed by the throw than the guy that just caught the ball that was put into two hands. Unbelievable throw. I mean, that's where it's, again, Stafford's not getting enough respect for his performance in this game. Wait, pressure in his face. Rewind that again. So here, let's just go back to this play. Again, zone coverage is the point here for both of these plays. Now we have Cooper Cup on Logan Wilson. You know, to our, to, to our man's question with Charles Jameis, 14. Like, well, I, again, he's going to get open on a middle linebacker every fucking time. So, of course, you're going to look at him. Right? Isn't that? Are there plays when Stafford just decides to throw to Cooper Cup? Right? Yes. When he sees a linebacker covering the one of the best receivers in football, he's going to sit there and wait on it. So they play zone again. Here we go. Boom. Jam it in. Right. Good throw. Nice catch. Still, you know, they knew that route was coming to a degree, but they got to respect some things. So there you got two zone plays in a row of going bam and bam, and they got down the field, and here we are in position now to score. So now, now we are back to the, to the no-look Look at this route, throw. Right? Look okay. at that throw. C- a couple what? of points here. Number one, Bell is put there 
to take away take the that, in route. They're, they're playing that for the in route. Exactly he, he, right. He is there for one reason, to take away the 15 to 20-yard in route. Yes. And he wasn't able to do so. Even if Stafford was looking, and Matty, go ahead and hit play on this. And I, I want to stop it at the point Stafford makes the decision to throw it. So here, here. A little more. A little more. Stop. Okay. Even if he was looking at Cup and stepping toward him, the anticipation and accuracy on this throw required is like so high It's level. high level. That's where you're throwing the fact that he wasn't looking at him. I know. And then watch his follow through. He's got his whole body going yeah. one way. It's like that. And he, and he goes the other way. I know. I know. This, it's, it's, this is as good as it gets. As good as it gets. It's a special arm. It's one of the greatest arms in the history of football. It's one of the greatest throwers in the history of football. And that was an unbelievable, ridiculous, gutsy move, clutch, whatever you want to say. Filthy. Brains to go, wait, I'm going to look this motherfucker off 24 and hope he bites a little because if he does, I'm going to throw a laser right by his ear. Yep. And if he doesn't look him off, I don't think he can get it in there. I don't think he can. I don't think he's going to get that completion. You know, as we saw, it was very close even with the look off, the no look pass. So, just, yeah. you know, you know, it's, hey, that's another one where you go, oh, Von Bell. But you want to go, well, damn, I mean, I don't know. The other guy's fucking good, too. Yeah. It's not, I'm not mad at Von <laughs> Bell. I'm not. You know, yeah, you, they're probably, he's probably, Von Bell will probably watch us at some point and go, man, I mean, I knew Cooper Cup was over there. They were going to go to him. I wish I would have just let him yeah. throw to 88. Let him throw right. to 88. Right. I mean, his reaction. But it's tough. It was kind of like he was trying to jump the curl. Like, you're not there to jump the curl over there. You're, no. You're there to take away the you're middle. You're take away to take the there. middle. But he yeah. sees the eyes. And again, to your yeah. point right? before with the run play and then the bootleg for the touchdown, yeah. he saw the play earlier. So he's going, wait, I saw this. Yeah. And they threw it to that guy. And then, okay, he's looking right at him. So I'm not going to let him throw to that guy. What zoom went by you? And that's just it all day long. Hey, that's high-level play right there. To the final play. Now, yeah. This question from at Tobias Cobra. Why did the Bengals not double Cooper Cup on the last touchdown? He's outside one-on-one. Come on, what are they doing? Yeah, well, it's first off, again, they're, they're on the one-foot line. Lots of questions about this, too. Like in the uh, three days, discussions I've had, everybody right. brings this question. I, I, I understand. They're, they're on the one- or two-foot line. So they're worried about the run game. Yeah. You know, they're worried. You know, we talked about McVay runs the ball. He doesn't give a shit, even yeah. if you got, you know. So they're worried about that. You know, he's not afraid to just jam it in there. Tell Cam Akers, yeah, just put your head down and jam it in there. So, you know, they're playing that to stop the run at the one foot. They got to play stop the touchdown. Yeah. And they're going to play, let's hope our studies and our corners who are good can just win some battles out here. Yeah. And and just let them not have, you know, hopefully we can contest the throw and they don't they don't make it happen. But the problem is, you know, it's Stafford who's a really high level thrower yep. and Cooper Cup who's amazing as well, we know. And what I think too is like on the first touchdown to Odell where like you said, we've seen that route so many, but I don't think they ran that route out of that look, yeah. right? With yeah. it it's usually like a more of a bunch look. Right. I would bet you on this last touchdown play, there's very few Cooper Cup runs a fade to the back of the end zone. Mm-hmm. I guarantee. I would bet you the numbers more times than not say he breaks inside and runs a slant well, he route. He was playing him that way. If you go back and watch it, Apple was lined up about a half yard to a yard inside, and he wasn't even like looking at Stafford to make him think maybe he's playing zone. He was eyes strictly eyes on up, on, yep. clearly inside right so at the first glance Stafford knows okay he's playing man and he's shading him way to the inside 
he's got outside leverage. I don't know if they look at it. You know, there's been offenses I go where we have the slant and the fade called, and we had a signal. Like, if he's playing the inside, yeah. Joey Gallo may right, grab his face mask, and that meant now he's running the fade, right? He's playing me inside. I'm giving you the old face mask grab. That means run fade. I don't know if it's that, or I don't know if it was something they saw through their game planning and their own preparation going, we run slant all the time. Right. Let's change it up. Fake the slant. But you're right. They're playing the slant. Right before the snap, he takes a step inside to take that away. Cooper Cup does a good job of being patient and selling it a little bit. And you let it go, and that's that. You know, but there it is. And really, as I heard after the game, this is Odell's spot. Right. This is supposed to be Odell. Cooper Cup should be on in the inside running the slant. And I bet you more times than not, like I said, the numbers show him running that. But, yeah, if you can go all the way back to the start here as much as you can, you know, yeah, we just missed the point of where Eli take that step uh, inside to cut him off. He would probably just taken it. But he is inside, to Paul's point. And, you know, hey, good thing. This is a, this is our, this is a run pass option. This is a run play call. Really? Yeah, this is a run play call. They're running inside zone. With if they don't have, I'm guessing three over two on the receivers on the outside. If they had another DB like doubling them or a safety over the top, I bet you he runs the ball. But yeah. if we get two on two, then we throw it. And good thing he did throw it because if you go back one more time, Matty, Matt Casey running the controls today. If you watch 57 Pratt. He busts through, shoots his gun on the left side here. You're going to see. Watch. He busts through. He's going to tackle Darrell Henderson for a no gain. He's right over the tight end. See him shoot through? There he is. He almost touches Stafford as he throws the ball. Uh, but, yes, that was a called run play huh. with those two guys running. They're running their normal zone yeah. blocking scheme, and they're just going to tell him to smash it in there. But they didn't get the look they wanted, so they throw the fade. One other thing that uh, as I watch it over and over again, Sometimes, not always, but sometimes it really pays off to go formation into the boundary. Yeah. Because if you get the look you want, if you go back to the very beginning again, Maddie, I mean, I'm guessing here, but I mean, the best receiver in the league, the most productive receiver is 10 yards away from you as opposed to 30 right. with inside leverage. Right. I mean, I, I hate saying anything is easy because I know how difficult it is. It's so much easier when he's that much closer to you. So the, the formation into the boundary here really paid off. No, well. it does. It does pay off. You're right. And it, it really probably emboldens the, the Bengals to go, wait, there's less area out here. Yeah. Let's not yeah. be so scared to play man-to-man. Right. There is some things there that where you can use the psychology of that against the defense, and I think that does come into play. Great catch, perfect throw. Right, Three. touchdown, yeah. Rams win it. Okay, so as long as we're talking the final drive, Yo. to me the main part was Stafford to Cup and how good that was and what the Bengals did or didn't do defensively yes. in their scheme. Refs swallowing their whistles until yeah. the end of the game. So uh, I'll get you rolling down this lane here with this question from at Robert07X. What did you think of that critical call against the Bengals linebacker Wilson at the end of the game? Listen, I know everybody's going to look at it and go, well, yeah, the refs, hey, I don't like this either. You know, don't call anything all game. You know, they're pass interference left and right all season long, but we get in these type of games and everybody swallows their whistle. 
And I got I, I do I do not like that aspect that is called so differently from the regular season as compared to the Super Bowl. I liked it better in this game though. I mean, I, I'd rather see sure. not not as many. I'm a, I agree with you. I, I wish they would do that all regular season. Right, me too. I wish that, that if they just did that, I'd be like, fine, this is fine. But rubbing is racing football, cool. Yeah, it is right? a drastic change. It's a drastic change, season, right? Where we see like you know pinky nails get yeah. touched, and they're like, that's a pass interference, free fifty yards. Fuck it, you touch his pinky nail. How right. dare you? Yeah. Now you're like, wait, he's strangling the guy, and they don't call it. And I'm like, fine, don't call yeah. it but let's just not call it. Right. All right, so there's a few things here. All right, I know most of the world thinks the Bengals got screwed over. I can tell you as an innocent bystander that the Rams got the short end of the stick with the calls and non-calls in this game more than anybody. Mm. I, we can go back and tally them up. But we want to do a Twitter live section, and we can watch the game live once more time. And I can tell you that there's more penalties by the Bengals not called than the Rams, okay? So stop, like, the social media bullshit of we're all going to jump into this perception. Here so here. Here's, Final drive. Final drive inside the 20s. Here's, really here's this is, we're not even at Wilson yet. This is not even Wilson. This is the first and eight, all right? First and eight on, on, on one of the first plays after they Cam Akers got him down here with the grid run play. All right, so here's one of the first downs. This is pass interference holding on Cooper Cup. They don't call it, all right? I mean, it's, it's holding, as you can see right there. He's coming out of the break, and the guy has two hands locked on him. He can't separate, all right? So there's, there's one play where I go, nothing was called. All right, let's go to the next one, Matthew Casey. So there's that play. This is the same play. He threw the ball to Darrell Henderson here, right? He looked at cup one. Cup was being held. He comes down to Darrell Henderson. He throws it to Darrell Henderson on his feet. I mean, it's blatant holding. It's blatant. He's, if we could show it like a real video and get close, he's holding. He's almost got him horse collared. He has his hands inside the framework of the shoulder pad. So that should have been pass interference right there because this ball gets thrown. The ball's in the process of being thrown to him right here. So we have holding on Cooper Cup, Darrell Henderson, first and eight, not called. Okay, so now let's go to the next play. Here's the next play. Oh, sorry. So this is the Henderson play still. The first punt of Cooper Cup was the first and eight. Henderson second and eight. You saw that. This is also the Henderson play. And so everybody knows, because they're doubling Cooper Cup here, and again, another example of, man, they had a hard time getting open. Yeah. But this, is, this doesn't even do it justice. He was held twice on this play. Right. These are still shots. Eli Apple held him first, and then after he broke away from Eli Apple, Von Bell holds him. All right? So there, we've showed two plays in a row now where there's three holdings, nothing's called in the Bengals. So stop with, like, the Bengals got screwed over. And we also got the T. Higgins offensive pass interference for a 75-yard touchdown. Stop. So stop. Now, let's get to this play, the Logan Wilson play. Listen, it's not the most egregious in the world, I understand. It's more egregious than everybody's going to get credit for. First off, this play is specifically designed for this coverage. They know, once again, it's zone. They're going, wait, it's our best receiver in football, one-on-one with Logan Wilson. See, where I think everybody's wrong, first off, is they're looking at this aspect of it. They're going, wait, that's not passing. This is the penalty right here. This is Logan Wilson. He's 245 pounds. He's in this position. First off, if he's this quick to be in this position and get back and cover Cooper Cup, then we now need to start paying Logan Wilson $15 million a year because he can cover slot receivers without doing it. He has his hand that's sticky, let alone, all right, because it's a glove in the NFL, on a chest. And I would love to stand up right now and be in this position and go, Paul, try to cross my face and see if you can really cross that at the speed you want to. We already did you it in the office, right? Office. Yeah, didn't, yeah. I don't need to use a whole lot of force to slow you down. Right. And 
This is bright lights. The field is opened up to design this one-on-one -on -one in the middle. So the referee is, only has this to look at. The referee is right under the goalpost. He is looking right at it. That is where it was called. It was called holding, not pass interference. Right. Not only does he do it right here, but as he does get by him, he then hooks him again with his left arm and right arm to slow him down and get himself back in position. So I know that's not the worst, but there's two hands on the guy. Yeah. Come on, everybody. Come on. Okay, I know this part. He did, I had yeah. no problem with that he part. He played it perfectly at the ball. At the ball, he and played I, it perfectly. I also was guilty of just focusing on that. Right. I think um, that's what – because I don't think even in the telecast, everything was happened so yeah, fast. Right. I think Collinsworth and company were also amazed that, like, whoa, there is a penalty finally. Yeah. And that became the theme. And I think most of the people watching MT didn't realize defense holding was called, right. not, not pass not interference. Pass interference. Yeah. I had no problem with the bang-bang knockdown at the end either. Right. Even though he got there a little early, yeah. it's all right. Rubin's racing. I get that. Yeah. But if we're going to start letting teams get to the end of the game, I'm so glad the, they started to call penalties here. Okay? Because if we're going to get to the end of important games and just go, the defense is going to go, I'm going to hold every fucking play, yeah. and I just don't think they'll call it, right. then we're going to have issues. You've got to hold them to the letter of the law to a degree. And see, to me, this was getting to a point here where it was the end and the Bengals were going, I don't think they'll call it every play. We just yeah. got away with it two plays in a row. Right. Let's do it again. There's a certain amount of physicality and grabbing that right. seems to be expected. I get you. Kind of like getting a rebound in a yes. basketball game. Right. Like the old adage is you could call holding on the offensive line any play you wanted right. to. So, yeah, this slowed down. There's hands on these receivers. Right. Sometimes they were, they were grabbing them. But, I mean, there's also some of it, I think, that should be okay and expected. Yes. It's, it's like finding that I line. I hear you. you got to find the line. Yeah. I get you there. Do you think they're you know? coached to grab like this? I, I think that they're, yeah, not that they're coached to grab like this, but I think they know so in these situations and the way the game has been called yeah. that they're going, wait, I, I think I can get away with it a little bit. Yeah. You know, here's a tough one. Again, it goes back to our zone conversation. Where I go, yeah, you know, back to our gar guy, Charlie J Jamie's 14. Like, yeah, yes, Stafford's going to throw the ball to him when he sees a middle linebacker covering one of the best receivers in football. I think I gave him a pet name. It's probably actually Jameis. I called him Jamie's. Jamie's, so Jamie's, yeah. Jamis, whatever. Yep. Whatever it is. Whatever. Yeah, he knows we're his it. friend. So that would be, you know, again, plays into that theme, and that should be called. Again, Logan Wilson's not that athletic to be in that position <laughs> and up. then now get back and do it at the Cooper Cup. He used his body weight, his strength, and everything to help himself get back in the play. So there's that call, yeah. all right? We're not done yet. Right. We're not done. Yeah. Keep it going. We're not done because now here's That's the next tackle. play. They don't call this. Yeah. This is the next play. This is the play that ends up being the touchdown to Cooper Cup because he regains his balance, and then they call the unnecessary roughness hit yeah. to Von Bell to his head, yep. and there was also the right holding on Havenstein at right tackle, right? So here we got, again, Bengals fans in the Bengals universe or anybody who bet on the Bengals, they all think they got screwed over by one play, and I'm yeah. going, no, no, no. You're wrong. You're saying it all equaled the out. Ram it equaled out. Yeah. If anything, the Rams are getting screwed over yeah. here. Okay? This is holding, that's, tackling. It's tackling. I mean, illegal yeah. assault on a receiver, and it wasn't called. All right? So there we have that, and then let alone we know we're going to have the one on the little sprint out option that puts him at the one before he throws a touchdown. Right. So, uh, again, that's where I just want everybody to calm down with that a little bit. I think right? it's, it's fair to point that yeah. out because yeah. it was so blatant on the touchdown with the grabbing of the face mask. People are already mad about that. Right. But when you look at the total picture here and slow it down and look at all the contact, 
I, I think your points. There's a drive. No what team you like, those are valid points. Yeah, let's just keep it real here. You know, I mean, yeah, it was Jalen Ramsey. Did he grab T. Higgins on that, you know, the, the, the first field goal drive by the Bengals? Yes, he did. You know, it was a little different as far as he was behind the guy. It's harder to see. Would I have liked it called? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to give excuses to L.A. or anything like that. But I am trying to say is let's not overreact on one play. The Bengals, they got away with a lot, even what I've shown you there. And I could show you another two or three plays in the second half where I'd go, Van Jefferson had one of those slot fades down the right sideline early in the fourth quarter. He tried to catch it with one hand. Well, the damn guy was holding he his left hand. Catch with he one. had no yeah. chance, right? right? That's not called. Again, so that's where don't everybody just be re- so reactionary just to one thing. Let's look at it all, digest it all. Context does matter. I like that you mentioned a little bit ago, we are talking about something else, and I said we'd get to this, that you thought Matthew Stafford should have been the MVP. And uh, I, I'm with you. I, right. I still would have voted for Donald. But I, I would have voted for Donald. Stafford right. Donald won. Stafford would have been my number two. Much better than his numbers. Right. Said, the way he played. Exactly. Liked it a lot. So right. Let's go big picture on what you saw from him. Yeah. Question is from at the Derek Q. With this postseason run, would you consider Stafford as one of the most clutch quarterbacks ever? Also, is Stafford a Hall of Famer if he keeps going with these numbers a few more years? I, I don't so much want to get into that. Yeah. We do that in the offseason. Right. I want to hear what you like specifically about what Stafford did. I think specifically what I like is, you know, was aggressive, didn't let the interceptions bother him, yeah. continued to hang in the pocket, you know, oh, he hurt his ankle too you know even the cooper cup no look throw he's got a guy hit about to hit him in the chest and he still throws it he never buckles under the pressure you know made some to your point what you said earlier there was four or five throws in the game that were high level high degree of difficulty and then he made it look like hey i'm just walking it to you and putting it right here you know he, he he's he makes it look too easy sometimes i don't think people respect what they're really seeing so with all of that and then the injuries added on top of it, you know, really, like, n- really never made a I – I didn't come through the game going, he made bad decisions. No, he didn't. He, the Skornick interception to start the third quarter. That's on the receiver. Well, the receiver and you want another instance, we, I should have took a – he before. got held. Yeah. I, I would love to – I should have shown that. Damn it, I forgot. But there's another one where I go, Bengals, you got an interception because you yeah. held the guy too. Right. Right? So that wasn't a bad decision, though. No. You know, so you say that. He threw the one in the back corner in the end. He just didn't throw it far. It was, he was trying to go one-on-one shot. It was third and 14. Third and long. Right. Yeah. And, it, and it didn't hurt their team. Right. Right? So I just think it was a gritty, tough clutch right. performance. Right. And one of the clutchest drives I've ever seen, especially when you go, man, they had a hard time moving the ball. Both drives in the second half that led to points mm-hmm. were tough and earned through pinpoint passes, being tough, a little smattering of just stay patient with the run game. Yeah. But they had a 10-play, 52-yard drive for the field goal that was tough. And then, of course, the 15-play drive to win the game which was very tough, and it wasn't easy, and they were undermanned. I look at that. First off, Stafford has always been clutch. He has. He's just been on a shitty team, so it hasn't resulted always in you know, a ton of wins. But some of those years they went to the playoffs, I go, they're not in the playoffs without no, Matthew Stafford. Like, right. They're not even in the playoff picture in the years where everyone goes, well, fuck, they missed the playoffs again because of Matthew Stafford. I go, and I go, they were only at a chance because of Matthew Stafford. They were 7-9, and nine, and they should have been 4-12. and 12. But they were 7-9 because of Matt Stafford. Right. So he's always had the clutch gene. I'm not ready to say Hall of Fame yet, but he has Hall of Fame potential. 
That's another thing I said in the pregame. He's always been a Super yeah. Bowl quarterback. He's never now had he's a team that's team. been on a Super Bowl team. Yeah. Now he's got it, and I think he's going to continue to show everybody what he's got. And his reputation coming into Los Angeles was like all this talent, and there are a lot of times we saw it. Right. I mean, that is as clutch of a throw on a game-winning drive in the Super Bowl, that no-look, as, as we'll ever see. But – to me, you brought up the number one term, and that's tough. Yeah. This entire game was was difficult. Yes. He didn't have wide-open guys where he could just show off a right. blazer. It really didn't happen. Right. We saw his buddy Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. And it made me think that of a baseball reference. Like, the entire game for him was like a 2-2 count. Yeah. You're there right. There was no 2-0, 90-mile fastball. You're right. 2-2, counts, Watch always. You're right. It was 2-2 the entire yeah. game. Yeah. And he, he played that way. He came underneath. He would go in the middle a little bit. He would throw the ball away. I just thought the way he played wasn't about the talent and splash that we heard about, and now it's going to come out in L.A. because you're on this great team. He he kind of put the helmet on. He's running uphill. Just grinding it out. Decisions. Yeah. And I, I thought it was just so impressive. Yes. Of not just that he won, but the way he played. One stat that shows it, seven out of 16 on third and fourth down. That's right. Four of 17. That says a lot. Go back to what I said earlier in a game where the under is the bet. Yeah. And it's a one-score game. Right. Those things are worth their weight. No doubt. Gold. Something else I thought about with Stafford. Yeah. We talked about his two picks. Right. He had about an hour to an hour and a half of real time where his his day was interceptions, watching the other team take the lead, sitting around at that long damn halftime. Right. I mean, that's mental toughness to, to deal with that kind of shit right. and to have it not change the way you play. That's where I think McVay, and that's where when I was spending my day with the Rams that I learned where McVay, I knew McVay's got tremendous confidence in in and Stafford. Yeah. And I think that's where the comment is like he's got a lot of shit in his neck. You know, there's a lot of toughness and grit. And he's he wants to give it to everybody even though he says the right things at the podium. Yeah. And then the one thing he said to me is his ability to wipe the slate clean after mistakes, so he's 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 yeah. never seen anything like it. Yeah. And and that's why he's able to just continue to call the offense because mm-hmm. he always even when he does make a mistake, like McVay told me the answers are right when he comes to the sideline. He yeah. saw everything the right way. Just I just did something stupid or, yeah. you know, or I didn't see that guy. You know, I thought I had this, whatever. But it's never like deer in the headlights. Yeah. And to your point of what you're saying, to throw two interceptions mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl and then still continue to be aggressive. Yeah. Like I think a lot of quarterbacks would have been managing their reputation after two interceptions in the Super Bowl sure. and been unwilling to take some chances. And the other team was not sure you're making a no-look throw down the middle yeah. like that if you've already thrown yeah. two. Most quarterbacks would not do it. Right. Maybe Allen, Mahomes, those kind of guys would, yeah. but it's a short list of guys that have yeah. the guts to do that in my opinion. Bengals were a 17 nothing run at one. I know. Point. It's unbelievable. Kind of gets buried in it everything gets else. Buried. I mean that's yes. Th- th- that's a big figure or stat to look at. Yeah. So let's turn it now and look at Joe Burrow. Uh, and what he did and also what he didn't do. I'm going to sure. ask two questions here kind of at the same time right. uh, from our listeners here, and you, you can kind of respond after the second one. So the first, I, I don't want to bury this. This is from the artful wanker, Chris. Okay. I, he, he, he is now number one over Matt the W. I mean, Sorry, he should Matt, be. Yeah, I mean, the artful wanker. The artful wanker. That is yeah, awesome. He's got to uh, be from England, right? He's got to be <laughs> over there, UK. He's got to be something over there. British in some way. Okay, his question. Thoughts on the phenom- phenomenon of Burroughs swagger influencing the overpraise excuse of his failings. He was terrible on the fourth down in the first and on second and one on the final drive. Media largely still raved. He seems unable unwilling to dump to the running back or throw the ball in the dirt to avoid sacks. Okay, next one. This is from at Hawk 
and after Hawk, it gets a little confusing, but I think it's Strolliger. Love the pod. How would you describe Joe Burrow's performance in the Super Bowl? I feel he may have failed to pull the trigger at times, or maybe it was his vision. So go ahead. There are two good assessments, I think. You know, one to, to Hawk Strolliger. Hawk Strolliger? 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 Part of it is Hawk. Yeah. Yeah. But... <laughs> But Hawk Strolliger, and I love Hawks, okay? I don't know if it's a real Hawk or a Seahawk or either way, but I like Hawks, kind of okay? I do. I like yeah. them all, all right? But um, did he fail? Did he miss some throws and fail to pull the trigger? Yes. We're going to get into that. Yep. Now, we're, I'll give him a little leeway. It's hard when your ass is under fire the whole fucking game. It's hard. It's hard to be patient in the pocket and yes. see things the right way because, again, you know, put yourself in his shoes. Get the ball. It's look at a guy. Get the ball. Look at a guy. And so, okay, now you get the ball. You look at the guy, and you're expecting. And you, oh, I got to run. Wait, my guy wasn't open. Oh, oh, wait, there's just, I am protected. It's hard to play that way. Yeah. So I want to make sure we got that. Now, the artful wanker, I also think makes a, what I would call honest assessment. You know, again, Joe Burrow's awesome. He's certainly a top five-ish quarterback in football. Do I think the hype is a little much this pro season? Yes, I do. You know, I, I do. The Titans game was good. Don't get me wrong. They won it. I know that. You know, but, hey, Tannehill threw three interceptions, right. and they got put in some good spots. His biggest play of the game was a one-yard throw to Jamar Chase, who ran 70 yards up the sideline. Okay. You know, the Chiefs game, again, I'm not saying bad, but people made it like it was like the Josh Allen Mahomes performance we saw in those games where I'm going to go, they were just a little overhyped in my opinion. He was he was an A to me. Yeah, all, he all was. The way in that game. He was. He made great plays with his legs. Yes, he, did. he made the and four throwing, scrambles. Yeah, they were down. They three made scores. some good throws, definitely. There's no doubt. Now, yeah, listen, his biggest pass play of the game was a screen to Samaj Pierrein, who ran for a 45 yard touchdown. In the Chiefs game? Yeah, this, when they were down 21 to 3. Yeah. Their play to score to make 21-10, he just threw a screen to Pirine, and they ran up the right sideline for a he, long touchdown. He made some good throws. I'm did. not trying to yeah. – I'm just saying I think it was a, li- a little overblown. Okay. All right, that's all I'm trying to say. I love Joe Burrow. I know you do. He's top yeah. five-ish. But do I think people put him a little much on the pedestal this off, this postseason? Yes, I do. Mm. He's handsome. He's cool. I would do anything to be just like him and be him. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I'm just saying the hype, I think, was a little much. Yeah. This game – he played good. He didn't play great. Right. That's how I would express it. Just good. He's going to yeah. look at the, some plays and go, damn, I'm Joe Burrow and I'm better than that. I sure. should have done this or that here. As as they became a real thing, especially late in the season, right. and I started watching them closer and we were spending more time in the pod talking about them, this term big play bangles came up a lot. Right. Of course, they hit a lot of big plays. But when I really started watching and what I was most impressed with, he was never afraid in the intermediate throws that were difficult, whether it was the 20-yard out route to the sideline from one hash to the other, uh, that, that you know precise in route. They did a lot of that. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't do any of it in the Super Bowl. They had the two big shots down the sideline. They had a little dink and dunk. They had a lot of that. That middle of the field, the difficult throw that I am cutting it loose and putting it right on my guy that we saw the last month and yeah, a half. Yeah, right. We didn't see Non-existent, it. right. Do you think it was more because he wasn't seeing it and cutting it loose or because the Rams played a defense and took it away? Rams took a lot, a lot away. The Rams were, they were over a lot of their stuff. I will say that, okay? The pressure was real, too. There's still a few plays where... You know, and we'll look at it here in a second where yeah. I go, there's five or six throws where I still do this. No, no, Joe, you, you missed it. You missed the throw, you know, or you, you moved the pocket and you shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. There was that. There's no doubt about it. 
Right. But I will say this. I was underwhelmed by both offensive game plans in this game. You know, I can understand the Rams' logic of not having to do anything crazy because I think what they felt was what we saw in the first, you know, two of the first three drives. Right. They're going to have a hard time matching up with us with Odell and Cooper Cup. My system's good. I know how to get Cooper open with the system, and Odell's the second read, and I know how to play them off each other to really put defenses in a bind, yeah. let alone he stays patient with the run. Right. So I can understand the Rams going a little bit like – I can understand their side a little bit more. I still would have liked to see more from McVay and company. Mm-hmm. You know, they did have the play to Darrell Henderson. You talked about they fake. He ran down the sideline. That was cool. But I can understand them going. Wait, I think they're going to have a hard time matching up with us. We don't need yeah. to be too crazy here. Yeah. All right. The Bengals, on the other hand, the whole universe was going. Wait, there's a problem on this matchup with the Bengals offense and the Rams defense. We knew there was a one spot where they were overly matched. Up front. Right. Yeah. Like no, everybody on earth. No matter who you saw, anybody that was involved in football in a pregame show or anyhow, can the fucking Bengals block the Rams? No, they not cannot. Well. They yeah. did almost nothing to help that out throughout the game. Let's take a look at some missed opportunities. Yeah, let's first. miss some off- missed opportunities. We'll revisit that. Right. We'll revisit. All right. So here. So th- this is first drive, fourth and one. Fourth and one. Midfield. Young team showing its youngness, in my opinion. Inexperienced head coach. Not the time to go for it here. I'm sorry. I know it's the it's the numbers era. It's analytics. It's the world still telling me they should throw it. They should have gone for it. All right. Why? The Rams did nothing on the first drive, went three and out. Punt the ball out and pin them back in their own end zone. Let's go back to the top there, Matt. Sorry, I was raving. All right, so what I want everybody to watch here, first off, is Higgins is going to go in motion, and he's going to run the flat route at the top of the screen. He's wide open. He should get the ball. First down, Bengals are still going. All right, so that's the first thing we're going to watch. Let's all just watch this and take it in. All right, there goes Higgins. Boom. Joe, look out there, throw him the ball first down. Bengals still got the ball, yep. right? Yep. And they're going to probably get yards after the catch if he just slows him down and like throws it a little behind him to where he doesn't run out of bounds. He's going to run up the field for another bunch of yards because 33 is covering him man-to-man and ran into Jalen Ramsey. So it's first down. Okay, now rewind one more time. Now, second part of this play. Yeah, you can stop right there, Matty. The back's on the wrong side or running the wrong route. Unless they've designed a play that I've never seen in the history of my life, but I've never seen a flat route followed by another flat route. Okay, watch now, everybody. Watch the back this time around. The back is going to run the same route T. Higgins runs. Now, unless they're inventing some play that I've never seen before, but I've never seen that play design in the history of football. And guess who broke up the pass? Even though Joe should have thrown to Higgins, right? The guy covering Jamar Chase was open, but the guy covering the back who's running the wrong route because he run the wrong route puts Jones 50 in the way of the play. Awesome point. So to yeah. me, you have a coach making a bad decision on fourth down, a quarterback not reading the play out the right way and should have thrown to Higgins, and then P. Ryan, I'm guessing, should either be running, should be on the other side of, of Joe Burrow and running the flat route to that side, or with this particular play on this side, he should just run right to the middle, right to 50, like a little check through, we would call it. Or yeah. just run right through the middle of the offensive line and just turn around at four yards. And he just he kind of stepped in at 50, just kind of wound up he there. Just, he he just followed his else. guy. And then yeah. he looked up and he went, whoa, the ball's coming at my face. Yeah. Whoa, look at me. I made a great play on fourth down, Mom. <laughs> right, right. Just happened to hit yeah. me in the face, but I'll take it. All right, so that's so one missed Drop ball. Yeah, dropped opportunity there. There we go. So now we're looking at first and ten. 
it's 20 to 16 Bengals on top about halfway through the fourth. Right. Now, here's a question to our Hawk astrologer, right? And yeah. we failed to pull the trigger. And yeah. again, let's 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 be Which honest I here. I wondered about too. You're right. I mean, guys under tremendous pressure. Yeah. Nobody's been hit more in the history of football this year than fucking Joe Burrow. Yeah. I mean, come on. So, here he is. And what I want everybody to look at before we snap the ball here, he's running a play action pass. Look at where he is. He's on the left hash. All right? He is going to take this ball and fake it to Joe Mixon and for some reason float to the right to almost where he's on the right hash. So go ahead and let that play. And within doing that, he runs himself. He should not be moving here to the right. He moves himself right into Aaron Donald. So now he's going, oh, shit, I got pressure. I got pressure. No, you really don't. You just moved into pressure. Look if he stayed on the hash where he should. Yeah. Right? So now he, he's thinking, oh, I got pressure, and he throws the ball to Joe Mixon for a, like a minus two-yard gain. If he's on the hash, he's got a nice pocket. Exactly. Yeah. If he's got a hash on the – and he just – maybe he's going to have to make one step to his left. But my point is here, and I don't know if we have the other angle, and it might be hard to show. No, we maybe don't not. have it. Let's just go back to the top and just see. I just want to see Jamar Chase up at the top of the screen. He's going to run a crossing route. He's why I've showed you on film already, so you've yeah. sawn it to, to verify my claim here. Right. But as this, watch Jamar Chase at the top of the screen. Jamar Chase is he's wide open. The the linebackers came up enough in the fake that they got the they got enough separation. Look at Jamar Chase here at the top right of our screen here. You could see. It looks like he's running into space. Well, you're just going to have to trust me and Paul. He was open. He's going to catch the ball at the other 45-yard line with really nobody around him in a game here where the Bengals' offense is struggling. And really, if Joe doesn't float to the right, he's going to hit Joe Jamar Chase, and they're going to be in borderline field goal position to go up by a full seven points. Right. See, so there were some opportunities missed within the game. So, so subtle. And there's a few more. Subtle. I mean, at the Very. one yard. I know. His setup drifted had it not. Who knows what happens? Who knows what happens? It That's changes crazy. the game. Yeah, there's a few plays in the game. There's a there's a uh, a comeback route in the third quarter that he throws to Jamar Chase and skips it on the right sideline. He's protected well. Joe Burrow hits it 99 out of 100 times. For some reason, he tried to baby it, and Jamar Chase couldn't get down and get his hands underneath it. I showed you that play in the office before we came out here, too. Right. Yes, there was some plays that I'd expect Joe Burrow to hit. Okay, and uh, – I think we, we need to spend a little time on Aaron Donald. Well, with the way he, we just saw him there. Right. Uh, but like focus in on him a little bit more. And uh, Maddie, I believe we have a couple of the same question, correct? Okay, so uh, Aaron Donald, I think he should have been the MVP. I love Cuff as a pick. Yeah. I also love Stafford as a, as love a pick. Love them all. It's but not I mean, personal. The fact that the, that the Bengals were inside the 15-yard line a couple of times and didn't score touchdowns, he was right in the middle of that. Right. I mean, that's to me how he would deserve to be the MVP. The, the Rams. Let alone the final draft. No, I, yeah. The Ram, I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, really, you go from the end of the second quarter or let's say the third quarter on, he dominated the second half. Yeah. Almost every drive has one or two plays of Aaron Donald fuck that drive up. Yeah. And what I'd like everybody to know is the Bengals only had one drive the whole game. Their drive to make it 10, yeah. to go from 13-3, that was the only drive they had of the game. Like you explained already, it's a long pass to Higgins. Yep. 
All right, for one touchdown, you have the Jamar Chase long pass on the right sideline to set up the first field goal. Yeah. After you take that away, they really did nothing else in the football game. They twice had it inside the 15 and had to kick a field goal. Right. Well, they got the yeah, the, one that was, was the, the one, one, one the other one and the other one was the Jamar Chase down the right sideline, yeah. Jalen yeah. Ramsey. Listen, the Rams put Jalen Ramsey in some tough spots and he he did not play his best. Mm. He did some good things still in this game and he allowed he allowed the Rams to be creative with their coverages because of his skill set where they could go, hey, you're on this guy. Now we can run a zone over here, right? Right. And that was big, certainly. Uh, but here, this is to me one of the themes of the game. Huge. Huge moment. Early third quarter, third down and three, quite manageable. Yes. On the 13-yard line, and Donald comes up with a point. Right. And Joe Burrow had just converted the, the fourth and one a few plays before by scrambling up the middle. Yeah. Right. And here, just go back one more time just so I can talk about the alignment, Matt. So this is to me where it changed. In the second half, the Rams got in more creative alignments with their front. Mm. And what I mean by that is they got in more fronts where it made it harder for the Bengals to double Aaron Donald. In the first half, they played a little bit of the, hey, we think our four can just get there. And the four got around them, but it wasn't dominating the way they wanted to. But what they did here in the second half is a lot of these type of looks. Put a guy over the center. Might have been Gaines. Might have, this one's a linebacker in Jones. But now the center can't bump out to the right and help 77 Adonage, who's one-on-one with Aaron Donald. So that's one of, to me one of the big adjustments for Heem Morris, defensive coordinator for the Rams, made in the second half. He found more ways to be a creative up front to free up their whole unit. And now you can see there. I mean, Aaron Donald, one-on-one, he just dominates him. Oh, my God. Right. To where there's no chance. Burrow wants to throw the ball quickly to Boyd here. He does not have him. The Rams, again, within – the Bengals played one of these, this is what we do and we're going to do it. They, there was too many of these plays where it's like, look, they knew Boyd wanted to break inside. I mean, look, he he was playing inside all the way. So there was too many plays where I felt like they knew – And then when they got their fronts married up a little bit and figured out, okay, wait, this is what they're doing protection-wise, and they cracked the code there, it was the creativity of the fronts, the, like you see there, the smattering of five-man rush, which I was a little skeptical about before the game. I'll be first to tell you. Yeah, yeah. So they did that. And, yeah, show this one more time, this part of it, Matt. And then they started stunting more. Like, look at the left side of the defensive line here, 91 uh, I think it's 45 on the side. They're going to slant in. Jones, 50, is going to wrap around behind them, right? So they started doing more movement up front. And that really, to me, was a big part of their success in the right. second half. And that's, to me, where I also get into, again, not to go back to it, but if they had a lead and Odell was in the game, yeah. and then you get them into, oh, shit, we're behind and we got to throw. I mean, it could have got worse. That's where they got to be in a power, a position of power where – they didn't necessarily have to throw it as desperately as I thought they might have to at some points. Right. But it was that adjustment by Raheem Morris, I think. And there's a lot of different examples of how they did it, but that kind of sums it up as a whole. One of the things you've opened my eyes to these last couple, three seasons we've been doing this yeah. is how a five-man rush normally doesn't work. Right. I was watching the game, went back and watched it over and over again. Their five-man rush was working a yeah, lot, right. whether they rushed the five or only brought four. I know you kind of started to go down that yeah. road a little bit, but I want to hear a little more about yeah. why the five was effective and about those creative fronts sure. that, that, that you kind of mentioned. Yeah, you know, they get in the five-man front. You don't know what – wait, all five are coming. Oh, yeah. wait, you know, oh, four came, one dropped out. 
or it's a four-man front, somebody blitzes, and somebody else drops out, which we love all the time, right? Yeah. It looks like a blitz, but it's really not, right. but it messed up your protection. There was a lot of that going on. And oftentimes, they need to show six or seven, like, oh, maybe seven are coming. They weren't doing that. No, they, they were not. They weren't showing six. No, they just showed really five, and it was just a – yeah, it was, it was four or five, almost the whole game, yeah. but a variation of how they did it. Really. And in the first half, I think that's the thing I took away more than they kind of just went, hey, here's our four and just go upfield and get them. There right. wasn't even a ton of stunts or anything like that. But I think when they realized, half. man, they're on to us and they found a way to double Donald in these ones. Second half, that's when they got into looks like that. Or if they did just the normal four down look, they were twisting and stunting and the Bengals were having a hard time passing it off. Or, hey, the play Joe Burrow hurt his ankle on. Yeah. They put gains over the center. Right, so now the center can't go anyway. They put the other guys really wide. So now two linemen had to go out on the two other guys on each side. It was a five-man rush again. And now you got two guys on two on the right, two on two on the left, and they get to Joe Burrow there with Von right. Miller and everybody. So they, so they created the one-on-one matchups they wanted. Mm-hmm. All right, they got to that. And I think also, too, with the five-man rush, why they smattered with a little bit, like the fourth and one we saw. Burrow, it was... Oh, oh, wait, there's a lane? Boom, I'm just going to take off and go. The five-man rush clogged the lane up. So where Joe a few times I think thought like, man, I'll just try to run up. And it was yeah. like, oh, shit, I can't get Not through bad. there. I get sacked. Yeah. Right. Let's take a look at the, at the final play. Yeah. Because it's more Aaron Donald. Sure. And it's more the Rams front getting it done. Yeah. Aaron Donald getting the front, getting it done. I mean, first off, what Aaron Donald does. All right. And, and one other thing that, you know, just a talking point here. Where Joe Burrow is going to kick himself in the ass is really two plays before this. They had a second and one, and you might remember this. He threw the fade to the right sideline to Jamar Chase and threw it out of bounds. He may as well have punted it. Chase was exactly. jogging. He was 20 yards exactly. down the play. Joe threw it 10 yards out of bounds. Right. It was as, a waste as of a, a play. giveaway of a, of a play a waste. in a major situation. No doubt. It was a second and one, yeah. and it was really a very similar look to this defense, except Jam- down here at the bottom of the screen, it was Jamar Chase, but Jalen Ramsey was like 10 yards off. Yeah. And he was calling a go route. And Jamar Chase is like, yeah, I'm awesome, but I'm not going to be able to run by him and run a go route. I, don't th- I think he's all like, there's no way he's going to come to me here. And Burrow really didn't even look, kind of just like looked down the middle of the field and just threw it like Chase was going to be there. But where Burrow, I think, is going to kick himself in the ass is he had an alignment like we're seeing here in this picture, and he had basically three slants on top on that second and one, and he had Boyd and had Higgins, and he would have got the first down and extended the drive. Yeah. And for some reason, he went to that, and that was a throwaway play. Yeah. You know, and then, of course, we had the great tackle on third and one yep. by Aaron Donald, yep. which was, again, another play to go, holy shit, that was amazing. He just stopped the guy running full speed in his tracks and was like, no, you stop here. Yeah. No first down for you. I mean, Back, come on. Yeah. That was freaky. Yeah. And now we got the play where, hey, Burrow's now going to look up to the left of the screen. He's going to look there, right? You know, and as they look there, you know, it's nothing's really there, as you can see. There's nothing there. He might have wanted to throw the ball to Higgins, but you can see everything's tight. And now he's going to reassess, but by the time he reassesses, it's too late. What's more amazing, if you could just go back a little bit, Matthew, is the fact that the center is helping the left guard here. The left guard needs to go, wait, I know my center can help me here. I need to get on the outside of Aaron Donald. But he still let Aaron Donald get outside of him and beat him around the corner. But as you'll see, the center is there to help him on any inside move. But 
Spain still gets beat by it. Why? Because this is one of the greatest defensive players in the history of football. I mean, to be able to turn the corner that sharply man, off of a three technique and get the sack, or he didn't get the sack, Burrow right. amazing, just getting the ball out of his hands. But that's just, it's, it's, it's amazing. Almost completed it. Almost completed it. And yeah. if he doesn't get there that quickly... Joe Burrow's going to scramble to his right a few steps, and Jalen Ramsey fell down, and Jamar Chase is going to catch the game-winning touchdown. Right. I mean, so that's where this game is crazy. It's yeah. so close. But Aaron Donald, to what we're showing here, should have been the MVP. Um, great game, nonetheless. A lot of respect for both teams. Next topic is Bengals play calling. And I want to get to a yeah. question um, from one of our listeners here coming up. But, I mean, just bigger picture on that last drive. So, Watching the game, you're like, okay, Bengals got a long shot here, but they do have two timeouts left. They've got a kicker who's been awesome in the postseason. All of a sudden, they're at midfield. A little over a minute left. You're like, shit, they have two timeouts left. Second down and one. I'm thinking they're going to – whoa, they're going to go oh, try to God. score a touchdown and win the game, right. I was thinking. And at the very least, 15 yards away, yeah. a couple timeouts later, kicking a very makeable field Definitely, goal. Definitely, especially with that guy, McPherson. It's easy three days later, but, I mean, at that point, when it's second and one, a little over a minute left, midfield, I can't believe they didn't throw the ball one time between the hashes. Not one time. He missed the second and one. Would have been the, the one I told you the he would kick his out butt. Of bounds, basically that we talked about. Yeah, that was that. That was the play he's going to be mad at himself and, and go. Run, I had yeah. people over the middle and I should have thrown it right there. The whole reason you're excited to save those timeouts and to have a couple at the end of the game, throw the ball in the middle of the field. I know. You don't I know. worry about the clock. Right. You can do whatever you want mm-hmm. and call a timeout or two. Right. So again, I know it's three days later. They had an awesome season, but I'm just I'm shocked that they didn't attempt anything with those timeouts and that kicker in the middle of the field. Well, like I told you earlier, I was a little underwhelmed by the Bengals game plan. I don't think they gave the Rams one. You going into the game, you know you're not going to be able to block these dudes, right? You know it. I mean, you sh- if you don't know it, then that's shame on you. You should have. Yeah. You shouldn't have just been like, wait, wait. I just think the group that got their ass whooped in the previous two games is just they'll, they'll show up today against the best pass rush in football. So yeah. if that's your thinking, then you're wrong. Right. I don't know what to tell you. But, you know, no quarterback movement, really. No screens. That's the question from Coog85. Where was the Bengals screen? Where Considering the Rams were last in the league in defending them, you would have thought what? they could have countered the pass rush by using them. But if anybody listened to me the last two weeks, the pregame show, it was one of my big things. Screens need to be a part of the game. They should watch the 49ers and every screen that they threw against the Rams with Debo Samuel the last three years. They should steal it and be in the game plan. Yeah. They never made them have to – they let the Rams play aggressive the whole game. Even with pre-snap, very little pre-snap motions or movement. No Jamar Chase reverse or speed sweep or toss or anything. Nothing? Yeah. Two weeks to prepare. We just go in with a, this is what we do. We're going to do it? Yeah. That, I was very disappointed. Lack of varying up protections, like I told you. I mean, there's only one play the whole game. They kept the tight end in the box. It was a 75-yard wow. touchdown pass. Yeah. You'd like to go like, wait, that kind of worked. Let's do it again. Yeah. I just, I don't understand it. As for the screen game, I mean, one of the stats, I had to go look at another site. I'm like, this can't be right. Joe Mixon, five catches for one yard. I, it's, it's, it's amazing. And none of them were screens. No, I know. You know, Not they were all one. like check down or like, wait, nobody's open downfield from a play that we've run 100 times this year, and the Rams have seen it 100 times. Right. We're going to do it that way. So more on that. That bothers me. What happened to Joe Mixon? This from uh, at Rocky Top 42. Why do the Bengals get away from using Joe Mixon in the fourth quarter, especially on the questionable third down and one run? You figure that Zach Taylor would want to get the ball in his best running back's hands. Yeah, that, that, I, I do agree with that. Now, you know, P. Ryan is their – he's their passing game back. 
You know, he is. You know, to the point of the screens, he's the guy that we just talked about caught a long screen for a touchdown against the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. You know, but, yes, I, I, I hear you. In that situation, yes, I would want Joe Mixon to run the ball, too. I have a hard time thinking that Aaron Donald was going to stop Joe Mixon right in his tracks the right there, thing. right? Yeah. So it's a tough one, though. I'm not going to sit there and overanalyze that. That's the guy they like to pass protect. They use him in the pass game. I'm not going to be overly mad about that one. I'm not. Okay. But I am going to be mad about the other stuff I talked about. Yeah. It bothers me. Okay. You know, I just don't get, I don't get it. I know the worst screen defense in football. And you didn't call And one. you know yeah. you can't block them. Yeah. And just lack of movement, motions, things for them to think about never happened in the football game. And that to me is where they drop the ball yeah. a little bit. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say to to me on par with that, I already mentioned it, but the second down one middle of the field, what you came up with on, on those three play calls, I mean that that would that's probably gonna haunt them for a long time. Definitely. That thought process and what they did and didn't do. Hey, there. you got that. You know, we talked about the fourth and one they missed early in the game. Yeah. The next drive, we didn't even talk about this. He's got the wheel route by Evans up the right sideline, and he overthrows missed it. Him. Yeah. Right? You know, so there was a, there was a few opportunities the, the Bengals had, and yeah. Burrow wasn't quite on his game. And, of course, we know the old line wasn't right on their game either. And they had been so good at that. I think at Kansas City, I don't remember the exact number, but they were over half on converting third downs. Again, four out of 17. Super Bowl Sunday, third and fourth down. Yeah. Some other missed opportunities to get to with some missed throws? I think we hit them all. Okay, I think I just brought up the go. lost one. Okay. The Evans overthrow would be the only one that I think we didn't really discuss. Okay. You know, um, it was a good defensive play by the Rams linebacker. He made Evans go inside. Right. Right. So it was tough. I guarantee it was a look or something. Again, I think the Rams knew a little bit of again, what was coming, mm -hmm. right? So they got outside of him, made him come inside, and changed the angle for Burrow. And, yeah, I guarantee they haven't practiced that a whole lot, where the running back gets pushed inside and then has to work his way back out. Right. He missed the throw, but I also want to go, eh, Joe Burrow, I expect him to make the throw too. That was just another opportunity that you know popped up to One me. One more topic to get to, and you brought his yeah. name up, uh, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, at Reimer, 2911, hey, Sims, love the pod. What grade would you give Ramsey for the whole game? Probably a C. Okay. I mean, for his standard – Again, now most people in football, you wouldn't even ask to be put in the position that they put him in. Right. Hey, bump and run on the fucking most explosive guy in football. Broke up the touchdown on the slant Broke early in the game. Broke it on Higgins, right, yeah. right. Did that. You know, the Jamar Chase, the first long one down the right sideline, Chase gave a little out move. Uh, honestly, listen, it was unbelievable Jalen Ramsey was even there at the end of the play to trip Jamar Chase up. If you really, if we watched the playback, you'd go, holy shit, that was impressive that he went for the outside move, was in an awkward position, and turned on the burners and stayed with Chase to where at least he tripped him up as he was catching the ball. But yeah, it was a tough day for him. Again, the Higgins play was offensive pass interference. Yep. You had the play on the last drive where he tried to jump the little hitch route out to the left side, oh, yeah, and yeah. Chase caught yeah. it and turned it up the sideline, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it was not his best day. In fact, he would probably tell you it's one of his more poorer games he's ever played in his life. One more, uh, one there's more no doubt. Question yeah. about him. This is kind of going a little more big picture. This is from at PMG UK Colts. Is Ramsey now living purely off his reputation, too overconfident, as his performance in the Super Bowl was massively below par? Yeah, I, you know, again, like I said, there's, there's only a handful of guys in football that you'd be even asked to do the duty that Jalen Ramsey did in that game. So you got to respect that. It was not his best game. 
But it wasn't like I was sitting there going, oh, man, he's just getting torched. Yeah. You know, again, the T. Higgins play, he was all over him. The guy grabbed his face and then on his uh, grabbed his face with his left arm, and we showed it even today on Pro Football Talk with Florio. His right arm has Jalen Ramsey's back of his jersey. He threw him to the ground. Right. I mean, he was there. Yeah. So, again, Jalen Ramsey looks like a fool, but I go, the, you know, first off, pass interference needs to be on the offense, needs to be called way more than it is as a whole in the NFL. Yeah. So you have that. You have the other Jamar Chase plays. He messed up. There's no doubt. But this is what I'll say about to that question. Jalen Ramsey is without a doubt one of the best defensive backs in all of football. Is he the best island man-to-man corner in football? I don't know if I would say that. Who's better? Man, Xavier Howard. Yep. Maybe J.C. Jackson. Ravens. Who's the Marlon Humphrey. Yeah, yeah. Jair Alexander went healthy. So I mean, he's, he's again, he's right up there. He's a short yeah. list. Where Jalen Ramsey is different is Jalen Ramsey could also be a – he's a nickel. He's a great – he tackles like a safety. He can do everything. He can match up with a smaller Jamar Chase, who's yeah. much smaller than he is, and then match up with a huge T. Higgins, where a lot of those, a lot of those guys can't do both of those like that. That's mm-hmm. where he's special. He's really awesome. No, he's living. He's not on his reputation. It was a bad day. It was that, but he's still really awesome to our man PMG UK Colt. Matty, you got some breaking news there on Aaron Rodgers. Okay, here we, here we go. Aaron Rodgers is a free agent. Ah, yeah, that's what I thought would happen. I said yeah. it on on. Uh, it's over. Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley uh, I knew they surprise. were a free agent. You totally it tricked didn't me. Work with a celebrity with Aaron? No way. What? No I shit. I seen that. I knew this was not going to. One year after announcing their engagement, neither of them was happy, a <laughs> source exclusively tells in touch. Well, like, wow. first off, I, I had a feeling. I mean, he was sitting by himself at the NFL Honors okay. the other night. Yeah. So that's kind of like, what, you're in L.A. with an L.A. Hollywood actress and yeah. she's not there with you? Maybe she was, uh, you know, on, on site. She and was, really, we never heard anything about her a whole lot once he got busted for his vaccination status. Oh, yeah. I really feel like that that might have been the might end. Been I don't know. I just feel like he was probably stressed out because yeah. everybody was attacking him. She was, you know talking about all her holistic medicines in the world and all that. Maybe he blamed her. I don't know. Uh, now, the big question is, will he become a real free agent in football, too? Right. Because yeah. if you make me bet, yeah. the, what I hear and things and people I know in the league, he will not be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers next really? year. I think that's why you heard the report this weekend of the Packers saying they're ready to go all in. Yeah. I, they're, they're, it's the PR battle here. They're going to make sure they're making it look like we're trying to get them back. Yeah. Because they know – they know what I know. That there's people in football that are in the know or know people close to Rodgers that he's looking for somebody else. Mm. He's looking for a new girlfriend. Where do you think? Clearly. Both yeah. two new girlfriends. <laughs> and neither side will be happy. No, yeah. probably not. What do you? So, like, your, your first guess, if you think he's going to be gonna elsewhere. I'm going to Denver. Yeah. I'll throw Denver right out just right. for the obvious reasons. Nate Hackett being there. I'm I have not- a hard time thinking he gets traded in the NFC. Yeah. Oh, Denver would be great. I mean, that, that right? defense is ready to go. They've been so Boring on offense if they had the best guy out there. The AFC oh, West quarterbacks, holy shit balls! If Aaron Rodgers went to oh Denver, gosh. Mahomes, Herbert, Rodgers, right? and Derek Carr, holy crap! I'm still on the side where if he comes back, I mean, I, I, I think know he's for as many things you can say about Aaron. I think he's incredibly intelligent. He knows he has Devonte Adams. He, he could help keep him there. And that that dynamic with the play caller, just because you go to a place with a great defense, doesn't mean you're going to have that. And yeah. I know that Hackett yeah. would be there, but he's got something special with Lafleur. I know. I know. 
I think I it's the other on, things. I don't think I it's still the floor. Could, could end up there. I, uh, you know, I won't be shocked. Yeah. But I'm saying, if I, you bet me money, I'm gonna say he ends. If Elsewhere. you made me bet money, I'm gonna go. Uh, he's gonna leave. Yeah. I think the, the love for Lafleur is real. You know, I don't think it's you know, even though he said all the right the right things, I don't think he really loves Goody and Mark Murphy still. Okay. All right. There's that. The Packers have real cap issues. They do. Real yeah. cap issues. Yeah. To where I think he looks at it and goes, wait, we're not going to get better. We might stay the same, and we might get worse, actually, because we might have to let go of some people uh, it, that we shouldn't. was not a big margin of error right. winning all those games. So that's yeah. scary, I think, a little bit that way to him. Uh, so I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, but like I said, I, I'm leaning towards he won't be there, and then he'll be in the AFC. The Broncos certainly come to mind. The Miami Dolphins still come to mind, even though I know they're trying to sell two with Mike McDaniel there. I yeah. get it. Um, but, like, there's no way they're trading them the 49ers. No. There's no yeah. way they're trading them the Bucks. Like, right. do you really think Matt LaFleur and Gutenkoos no. and Mark Murphy want to, like, you know, maybe be in the playoffs next year and have to go play Aaron Rodgers somewhere and he can be like, look, see what I can do with a team? No. Fuck you, Green Bay. Like, right. do you think they really want to hear that? Do you think LaFleur really wants to watch, like, Shanahan and Rodgers go to a Super Bowl? and have that hovering in his mind all year no, long? No. no. So AFC team, if not that, then maybe he'll be back. That's all just a giant tease for a podcast later this spring. Yes. Because, because uh, that's it. We got lots of time. There's a show. We, that's a show. There's a show. That's a show. We got lots of time. We got lots of That was a good breakdown. At least I felt good about it. I hope everybody else did. I, I you know where we'll go. We're going to go two podcasts a week now. The all producer's right. like, yeah, I don't know. He doesn't know. Yeah, the producer's an asshole. Yeah, I know. I've heard. <laughs> Matt Casey's an asshole. But either way, uh, yeah, we'll be back on two podcasts a week. Maybe Monday, Thursday, Monday, Wednesday. We got to figure it out as we're going forward. We do have, I do have a week off next week. You do? All right. So I'm, at, I'm gone as well. Yeah, we're going to play some best of, some things like that. So, again, don't expect new information. I'm getting a little break. Do you get to you pick know? if it's Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday? Is that in, like, is that in your contract? I think it's, it's not. I don't or get to pick. Told? It'll be a group discussion group. between all of us. You, me, Ahmed, Matt Casey, Pat, okay. you know, Pete Dimmelit, a little, little lighter, lighter. to figure it out. Yeah, but we'll figure that out. All what right. two days we're going to do. What's the best plan of attack? And, of course, we're getting into free agency. When I come back, we'll hit free agency and we'll start talking draft stuff. I'm hoping we're going to go to the combine. We're going to see how that works out. Uh, you know, it is still COVID out there, so there's things and protocols we got to figure out here. But right. uh, either way, you know, this ain't the last you hear from us. We'll release stuff next week, and we got a full season of football, off season stuff to talk about. Uh, hope everybody enjoyed the What the Fuck Happened Wednesday podcast on Super Bowl 56. Hope it answered all your questions. Paul, to you, the man. So, now so go back Charlie. to your Olympic work now. One more. Yeah. Nordic combined team, Large Hill. Nordic combined team, Large 3 Hill. Three a.m. Three a.m. I'll be sleeping, yeah. and, and that keep working hard, Polly. Peace out, everybody. Have a good week. See ya.